What's up, guys? I'm EJ Stewart, and thank you all for checking out this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. We got a, a, a big podcast to do today because we'll be talking about the movie The Suicide Squad, of course, directed by James Gunn. This has been a movie that we've been talking about for a long time. There's a little bit of, mis- uh, of, of mysteriousness behind it regarding, you know, this movie being a sequel to the other Suicide Squad movie, or is it a reboot? Um, interesting. I'm interested, curious to see what these guys kind of thought of it, that whole conversation, once we... Uh, actually have this this podcast um but we'll be going pretty much you know going through this movie seeing what we liked seeing what we didn't like and i'm really excited to talk about it because it was um in many ways it felt like a very unforgettable movie when you watched it so uh i'm curious to see what these guys had to say so it should be a good podcast glad to be back doing hero talk joining me are my co-hosts starting with shamari stewart and sham i think we also be remiss not to mention that uh, despite what has been a overwhelming um, positive response to this film, the box office numbers for this film are not good. Uh, they, they started in the first weekend in, in North America, making only $26 million. Uh, the International Hall was only about $72 million. So a, a pretty disappointing number considering Black Widow did $80 million, F9 did $70 million. Uh, just That's just in the U.S. alone. And here you have these much lower numbers for the Suicide Squad. Before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of the film, why do you think these numbers are what they are? And, and are they? do you consider this a disappointment? Um, well, I'm sure... Well, I mean, I, look, I don't know. You know, Warner Brothers has the check, whatever the check is for for this movie. Warner Media. Warner Media, uh, you know. Um, so they, they have the check, so I don't know. Um, if they're if they're particularly disappointed, um, I am uh, not being disappointed, or, or I I am not disappointed rather um, by uh, this movie. Um, uh, you know, so I don't fall into that category. Um, from what just from what I I see online, I don't really see a whole lot of disappointment. Um, you know, I see a lot of intrigue, a lot of shock, a lot of uh, you know. People being pleasantly surprised, not a whole lot of disappointment. So, um, you know, so I think that's a win uh, for Warner Brothers. Um, but I think there's a lot of reasons why this movie didn't bring in the box office that that you may think. Um, so this is a soft reboot slash sequel to the first movie, which is not clear, which I think that plays a role. Um, to a movie you know, that wasn't great. To a movie, and that was another point I was going to get to as well. So, so people don't know what this movie is because it, it, it came out a few years ago. So they don't know what it is. Um, people uh, didn't like the first one, generally speaking, right? Like most people are like, eh, or at like at most, you could say like the general majority, the general, the general audience is like, oh, you know, it was okay. You know, like no one was like, oh my god, I love this movie. Or I mean, yeah, this, yeah, this were, wasn't this wasn't like Batman Begins or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like just widely praised. Um, so this first one was got a lot of mixed reactions. So that's another thing that coupled with the fact that we don't even know what this movie is, if it's a sequel or not. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think people are. I don't know. I think I think the DC brand needs some some more cohesion. Um, you know, it's a lot of Margot Robbie, a lot of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, you know, they throwing in more 
you know, of course, more Viola Davis and the Joker is not in this one, but um, it's just it's a little scattered. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think people were running to the, to the theaters to, to see this movie, and it's rated R. You know, so yeah. that's so there's right. that as well. It's not it's not a family movie. And we're we're in a pandemic. And, it, and we're in a pandemic, of course, right? <laughs> but like even compared to other movies that came out in the pandemic, it's just not hitting that that bar. And it's not a family movie. People aren't gonna go out bring their. This isn't a movie. Oh, let me. And it's marketed as a fun kind of movie, and it is rated R. So it's not a family movie. It's not really a, a hardcore superhero movie where like you're gonna see Superman, and it's right. kind of more of like comedy kind of, but like also with superheroes. So it's like it's a lot of it's a bunch of different reasons, but I'm not super surprised. Shamari uh, laid out a lot of reasons that Kendall and Kendall, of course, joins us on this podcast. I think the one thing to also note as well is when you compare the state of the pandemic from where things were in during F9 and Black Widow compared to where they are in August, August with um, Suicide Squad, it's also a little different. You know, things are a little worse with the with the uh, prevalence of the Delta variant. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um you know, this thing is a rapidly changing landscape, um, you know, and we'll see how that affects uh, Marvel and Disney uh, in September with, with Shang-Chi. We'll see uh, Marvel and Sony, how they're affected with um, Lud Venom. Um, but but yeah, no, I mean, when it comes to when it comes to this box office, it's a little bit surprising because the reviews were so overwhelmingly positive. Um were they though? I mean, remember we had talked about that, right? I mean, or were they just generally positive? But well, so I, I mean, they were pretty well, good. I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes was like well, ninety-eight on the first day. Yeah, I mean, that's that 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 is funny. Yeah, Mishmar, we talked about it. How like the Rotten Tomatoes, you know, and this the initial Rotten Tomatoes score was a hundred percent, right? And like EJ said, ninety-nine, ninety-eight. You know, eventually, what's that now? Ninety-six, something like that, right? Like. Now it's ninety-one. Okay, now it's ninety-one. So it, it did drop, and you know that's the law of averages; it will drop. But right. like um, that initial weekend, it was pretty much no lower than ninety-five. But right. uh, when you dig into the reviews, look at the actual reviews. There weren't like a whole lot of ten. Out a of whole tens. lot of ten out of ten. A lot of it was nine out of ten. Yeah, a lot of it was you know B plus B. You know, saw some C's in there that were considered fr- uh, fresh or. Right. You know, eight out of ten, seven out of ten. Which I mean, some of the conspiracy yeah. theory type people would be like, "Rotten Tomatoes." Yeah, it, it was kind of funny. I was like, I was looking at some of these reviews, saying this is like, you know, bordering on not good movie, <laughs> right. but you gave it a fresh. But yeah. you know, but I, I don't know. I don't really dig into the other reviews of other movies that are that positive. You know, maybe it's the same. I'm assuming they use the same, you know, grading system for every movie. So 90, 99 or one hundred percent is still one hundred percent. Right. Um, it just may not be the same one hundred percent as a Deadpool for example, or the same 90% of the Deadpool. So, um, but yeah, even then, you know, if you're somebody who's not, I don't think many, I don't think many people go to Rotten Tomatoes and read every review. I think most right. people generally just want to see the score. Right. And if that score is at 95%, you're assuming, oh, so this movie was great. It's a bang, you know, I, right. Yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I'm going to go see it. If you're on the fence, mm-hmm. the, the Rotten Tomato score and the word of mouth suggests you got to go see Suicide Squad. Um, I feel like when when you the problem is that the word of mouth probably helps HBO Max more than it helps the box office. How many people, mm. you know, that are on the fence are going to say, "Oh, I heard the Suicide Squad movie was great. 
Now I'm going to go to the theater. Yeah, I already got HBO Max. Let me just put it on to, you know, tonight yeah, or whatever. Well, if they have HBO Max, they're going to watch it on HBO Max. Um, or, you know, they'll just find alternative ways to watch it. it which, that, you know, I'm not Yeah, you know, we're an SEC. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, mean, I can't say SEC Airwaves, but, but no. Yeah, no, this is a uh, – it's a very, very precarious situation that, that Warner Brothers was put in. Um, I give Warner Brothers a lot of credit in that they were very consistent with their release uh, strategy this entire year. They said from the, from the jump with Wonder Woman last year that every movie was going to be uh, straight to HBO Max – same day as the theaters and there were times they could have they could have balked at this movie they could have said no we're gonna we're gonna put it on uh in theaters only after seeing what some of these other movies were doing but they they stayed true to it and we were able to watch it in the theater so i mean again that's a whole nother con- i mean not in the theater. we were able to watch it at home you know that's a whole nother conversation you know uh you know we're not gonna get into what marvel should do <laughs> with some of their movies coming up but but yeah, no, I mean, ultimately, the overall, I mean, the box office, I don't think it's a referendum on the movie. There was some decision making, you know, in terms of the R-rated movie. I'm not worried about the box office, you know, like, like almost like what Shamari was saying in terms of it's not my money. I don't count Warner Brothers money. Um, we can have a discussion about whether or not they'll get a sequel. The, the odds are lower because, uh, because of the, the box office, but I think that there were some creative decisions based off of the rated R rating that were not great. And so um, I'm more worried about that than necessarily the rated R rating hurting the box office. Because I don't work for Warner Brothers, so it's not, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not my check. Right. But yeah. but overall, this movie may have been helped by a PG-13 rating regardless. But we can get to that. Yeah, surely. Um, but to me, I mean, look, I think, you know, I tweeted it, and I feel like this... The radar rating doesn't help. The pandemic doesn't help. Um, those are obvious factors that are going to hurt the box office. Um, but the marketing of this movie, I think, was porous compared to the first movie, which I thought had one of the best marketing campaigns of many of the movies we've seen, despite the, like, the backstage chaos of like what the movie was going to look like. I mean... Remember they, that that last movie they did two trailers, and both of them totally different, but excited a lot of people. <laughs> but like they did the first trailer that was super like more in the in the kind of like the the Zack Snyder kind of feel, and people were really intrigued by it, even though it was polarizing. And then they did the second trailer that was more uh, music video like, and people were really excited about it. Um, and I, I don't I feel like with this film I know they they spent a hundred million dollars on promotion. I don't know where it went, man. I, 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 because I, I feel like that first movie, that promotion for that movie was just everywhere. You just couldn't go anywhere or watch anything on TV and not see something about the first Suicide Squad movie. It was, the visibility was super high. I did not see that with this movie. I also felt like that last movie did a really good job of elevating the non Harley Quinn characters in the movie, in the promotion. Um, you know, having Joker helps. Having Will Smith helps, obviously. But because of that, and because they weren't going to have those figures in this film, they need to be, I think, more done on Warner, Warner Media's part to 
really highlight those other characters and make them someone you had to see, you know, because these people just had very they they, they didn't have big names, you know. They were they, they were, tried so, Peacemaker. I th- like I said I thought I thought Peacemaker may have been the Peacemaker was probably I thought the only one and maybe King Shark were the only ones I felt really truly got that some of that, but I felt like the, for the last uh, movie they were pretty. Um, they did a really good job of kind of sharing the sugar, so to speak, when it came to really trying to uplift everybody. You know, it helps that when you got so many people playing that are, are kind of big Hollywood figures or, or big celebrities playing these bigger roles, these smaller roles. But still, I thought that that was a little bit of a mistake too. I don't think that anyone ever really figured out why they had to see Bloodsport, like or who he was, even like just. There are some things I think in the promotion that 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 floundered. Well, it goes and, with, and and I think that finally, real quick, though, just the last thing is, you know, uh, them not establishing that this was either a sequel or a, a reboot. I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I still don't understand why they did that. In terms of the promotion, we will get into the movie, but I think that also made things confusing for people too. Like, um, there are people who hated that first movie who weren't going to just say, "Oh, those that that was that terrible movie I saw years ago." I'm not gonna see this, but like they don't know anything about how well, this is a different director. Yeah, some people are back, but it's gonna be really different in tone and everything. Um, and then there are other people who are like conf- just confused. They're just like, wait, well, they know it's gone, but they also see the other people. They're like, wait, so is this is this a reboot? Like, what do I you know? They didn't do anything with the title to tell you anything about it, whether it being a reboot or not, by just adding the word the. So all those are to me are marketing decisions that were uh, borderline disastrous. I felt. And um and you know the movie itself for me wasn't disappointing. But I thought this box office was because it shouldn't have been like this. I mean, they, you talk about the box office being lagging, but this also did worse in its opening days on HBO Max than than uh, than Mortal Kombat, you know. And could one argue Mortal Kombat has more well characters in that movie than Suicide Squad? I mean, maybe, but Mortal Kombat got nobody as popular as Harley Quinn, so I don't you know I don't. I don't think that that doesn't make sense to me how that would have happened at all. Someone, That's a radar think, movie, too. I want to say the president of HBO Max had claimed that this was second on their platform. Um, yeah, I mean, it did better than, than, than uh, Wonder Woman and Zack Snyder Justice League, which says a lot. So Mortal Kombat was the only one that did better? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's surprising, first of all. Because sure. when I heard it was second, I assumed that. Second behind Justice League, <laughs> right. but um, but yeah, no, that's I mean that that and you know it's better than King Kong. I mean, that's it's not terrible. It's just I mean Mortal Kombat was you would assume that it would have done better than Mortal Kombat, which is also a rated R movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean I think the the only the thing on the thing on the the promotion, um, I feel like they try. I think they tried. To first of all, I don't think Gunn wanted them to overpromote the movie the way they did the last time, because creatively it hurt the uh, it hurt the the point of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, which yeah. not knowing you know what's going to happen, right. the unpredictability of it. This one, um, you know, obviously when we get into the movie, like you know, half of the characters that we that that they promoted in the movie were gone in the first five minutes, so you know that that provided it didn't provide the shock value that i think they probably thought it would in my at least for me but um i think they didn't want you know the slipknot 
you know, factor that we got last time where there was right. some dude in the movie that they barely promoted that they wanted you to think was like going to be in the movie when you knew, all right, so he's not going to be in this movie for more than five minutes. Um, so they avoided that, but you know, then you, you maybe hold back on promoting Idris Elba, who's obviously the biggest star <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> on the cast. Like, so there's, there's, there's obviously, there's obvious issues with the way they promoted that. Um, and I, to me, I mean, I think that, you know, I think they tried their best to make it kind of clear what, what, you know what what the deal with this movie was. I feel like they they tried doing the whole the Guardians of the Galaxy director, you know, is directing this, and um, I mean they I, I don't know. Um, again, they, I think they tried, but ultimately, you know, when you have a movie that has Viola Davis and Joel Kinnaman and Jai Courtney and Margot Robbie, there becomes you know, there becomes confusion because I mean, I don't think it's a. I, I, think I, just, it's I just didn't see. I didn't just, see the box office advantage to not telling people what the hell this was. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I didn't see the. I don't really see the creative uh, yeah. advantage. Yeah, I think they didn't want to associate with. I didn't think. I, didn't, I don't think they wanted to clearly associate and say a sequel to to Suicide Twenty Sixteen Suicide Squad because that's like, you know. But then why oh, not so just say this is a, this is a, this so is a reboot? Why don't you just say this was a reboot? Well, I don't think it is a reboot. I know, but that's yeah. the, like so. Then like you're in this. I don't yeah. know. I, I just feel like Sam. They end up being in this kind of no man's land. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they do. It's a weird. It's a weird predicament. Yeah. Try, you never. I mean, I don't know why you would do a sequel to a to a movie that wasn't good if you don't want to associate with the first movie. You know, like it doesn't make sense. But yeah, then you're bringing all the people back. Like that's like really, they probably should have blew the whole thing up. But then, like you know, then again, it's like Margot Robbie and you know Viola. D. They brought back the characters that were actually pretty decent. So it was like I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, we'll get to the movie and and, and the, some of the choices that were made. I think that ties into yeah. I think that ties into kind of all of this as well in terms of why and what they did and. It seems I think they like the Suicide Squad in concept. Someone at Warner Brothers, leading their movies, likes the idea of a Suicide Squad movie um, a lot. Yeah. You know they were yeah. willing to try it again. Um, you know, and they know that the DCEU has a fan base that will, you That's know, fair. by hook or by crook, watch their movies. So, you know, they were willing to try again, but yeah, they they totally messed up the marketing and, you know. But, you know, we'll get into that. And also, yeah. last thing is that I think James Gunn, at the end of the day, from everything I've heard, is James Gunn had full control, full autonomy to do whatever he wanted. So, Any I mean, decision he's the guy you look at. You know, right. I can't really blame. Right. I'm not blaming Walter Hamada. You know, I don't think Walter Hamada right. told James Gunn, you got to use, oh, yeah, no, you know, Viola Davis. If he didn't want to use Viola Davis, you know, right. he would have recast it. You know, if he didn't want to use... uh Jai Cordy's Captain Boomerang, he would have recast it. So, but I think they, I think, I think he, and he talked about the long roster of characters he considered to be in this movie. Um, you know, Mr. Freeze, for example, was a guy he thought about putting in, and he, he, did, he didn't put in a lot of those characters. But, you know, I think there was a lot of thought into a lot of this stuff that we ended up having issues with, which, again, then begs another question of did they give James Dunn too much? control did he kind of did he mm-hmm. kind of fly off the reservation a little bit but you know that's uh that's uh 
you know, a little uh, taboo, you know, to the to, to badge James Gunn nowadays. Um, <laughs> is that taboo? I haven't heard that. Uh, yeah, let's get man. to uh, let's get to talking Great about this movie. <laughs> let's get to talk about this movie. So, uh, the Suicide Squad, of course, uh, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn, starring Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, uh, voice of Sylvester Stallone, Viola Davis, Jai Courtney. Um, well, first reaction, man. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, this was the the tweet I said, and it's kind of high field, man. I think James Gunn understood the assignment. Um, I think he understood what the Suicide Squad was supposed to be, what the Suicide Squad kind of uh, the spirit of the Suicide Squad, and that's something that he talked about a lot in terms of um, kind of figuring out where his story was gonna go. He, you know, brought out a very vast roster of squad members a lot of them don't make it through but uh even even though they don't make it through i think a lot of them still make their impact felt for the time that they're on and i think that there are really great performances here i think margot robbie this is probably my favorite performance of her as harley quinn of any of the times we've seen her as harley quinn uh, i thought Idris Elba was really good um that, to me, there really weren't any real weaknesses on the squad itself. I could hear an argument that maybe Viola Davis was still muted in her role uh, as Amanda Waller. I know there was some. I know there was plenty of complaints about how Waller was in the first movie. Uh, I don't know if she really got the big moments maybe you would have hoped from her in this one either. But it wasn't for lack of talent. She was great in everything she did. It just, it just, I guess you know. Probably the moment that you people look at is a, is a moment where her and Bloodsport early in the movie, which you know where he's you know says he's gonna kill her and stuff, and she tells everybody to stand down. Like that's probably her biggest moment, but I think a lot of the rest of her, a lot of the rest of her time is pretty unforgettable. <laughs> but um, but I think this this film uh is not for everybody. I'll be honest. I mean, I watched this with my girlfriend. She was not having the best time, and and, and it's a lot of gore. It's a lot of violence. Uh, it's going to be over the top for some people. It didn't bother me as much, but it's not going to be for everybody. It's just it's just how it goes. And I'm actually surprised so many people have been okay with it, um, particularly some of the scenes, and we'll talk about some of the scenes and some of the people that get killed and things like that. Uh, but I, I thought overall, man, I thought a lot of people did a really great job. I thought the writing of the script from Gunn in terms of the dialogue a lot of the jokes landed for me pretty well, and I, I really enjoyed it, man. Is you know, it's not without its its holes and some of its uh, some some of its decisions I probably would have tweaked, but all in all, I thought this was a pretty solid movie. I really enjoyed it, and if Gunn was gonna do another Suicide Squad movie, I would be definitely down to watch it. I'm not sure if I need one. I kind of feel like this movie definitely kind of. Stands on its own, and and I, I think I'd love to see Gunn maybe do other things in the DC universe. But he, to me, he was a great pick for this movie, and he pretty much did what you expected him to do. You know, it's like, you know, when you, it's like when a team needed, you know, needs a, a true cleanup hitter, and they get a guy who, you know, has been averaging forty home runs for the last three years. Like, you know, he comes in and he hits forty home runs that season. And say, well, he did what we needed and what he's expected to do. To me, Gunn just did exactly what he was expected to do and what his talent, uh, what his uh his talent profile will suggest he'd be able to do with these kind of characters so i really enjoyed it my favorite characters were quinn uh blood sport 
and Peacemaker. And I'll throw a shout-out also to King Shark. He was really good, too. I mean, I thought I actually thought Rat, uh, uh, Ratcatcher was also really good, too. I mean, it was just, again, it's hard to really even say who who didn't live up. Or who You know, there's a lot of really good characters in this film. So I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to see what my guys got to say about it. So I'll go with Shan first. What did you think of The Suicide Squad? Um, I really liked The Suicide Squad. I mean, I, I honestly, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, now I agree with you. I don't think this movie is going to be for everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a hard R in terms of the violence. Yeah. A very hard R. So, you know, I mean, if, if a lot of, you know, blood and gore is not your thing, it's, it's a very horror movie-esque in terms of the amount of blood and gore, um, that's in it. So if that's not something that's not, that's not in your wheelhouse, you'll probably wouldn't want to watch the movie. Or, you know, but but I, I thought it was really good. Um, it was very funny. It was, it had a lot of heart. And uh, I thought the action was solid. Uh, the effects were great. Um, you know, but I thought the action was pretty solid, too. And the story, the story was cool. Um, I mean, I just, you know, just Starro as, I mean, just Starro as a, as a villain. I've never been the biggest fan of Starro. Uh, no matter where I've seen Starro. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, but overall, I, I thought the movie, I thought the movie was cool. I liked really all the characters. Um, you know, my favorites are probably, uh, I thought Ratcatcher was really, was great. Mm-hmm. I thought Peacemaker was great. I'm looking forward to the show, the Peacemaker show that I'm sure that will <laughs> be. <a hoot. laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I very much enjoyed the movie. All right, so that's uh, that's two for two, Kendall. You've been you've been uh, hinting at wanting smoke with this film, so let's let's hear it. What do you, what do you think of the Suicide Squad? Uh, the gloves are off. No. Uh-oh. Wow. All right. <laughs> no, no. Look, I mean, look, it's it's a uh, it's not a terrible movie. Um, it's not the worst we've ever seen. Definitely not the glowing endorsement I think many DC fans uh, <laughs> or James Gunn was looking for. It's not a terrible movie. You know, I think you guys hit the nail on the head that, you know, certain, certain movies just aren't for everybody. Um, this movie, uh, I agree, had some really good characters. I mean, look, it had a lot of characters, obviously, when you include the characters that they introduced in the beginning. Um, I think... You know, I would say James Gunn made the right decision on the characters that he decided to keep and the characters he decided not to. Uh, didn't see much from the characters besides Weasel, who, I, you know, I'm glad they kept Weasel alive at the <laughs> yeah. end. Um, besides Weasel, I didn't see much from those other characters that was, uh, I was really I was really out of it the first couple of minutes, you know, with, with Pete Davidson's character and some of these other, uh, you know, Captain Boomerang. I'm like, why is he back? TDK. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think we... Uh, we, we, we got past a lot of those characters early on, Michael Rooker's character, obviously, but, um, but seeing the, 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 you know, blood sports character and seeing, uh, you know, obviously Harley Quinn again. And, um, you know, I thought, I, I thought Viola Davis did a good job. I think she just, she kind of does the Amanda Waller thing pretty well. Um, you know, they don't give her a ton, you know, she's not the, she's not the face of the star of the movie. And I feel like, you know, maybe, if you're doing it over, maybe you you feature her a little bit more. But they uh, are doing it over. This is the second time they do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Isn't that strange? Yeah. <laughs> but 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 yeah, like if you're if you're if you're if if you're trying to do that character justice, you probably got to feature her a little bit more. Um, 
but you know she she's not the character that's gonna sell you know you're not this isn't an amanda waller movie at the end of the day but but yeah i mean polka dot man you know the character that had a <laughs> that was yes. funny i mean they did the comedy thing well you know obviously i mean again, i think peacemaker uh and bloodsport were, were 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 the two best um I the I guess my 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 overall issues with it are when you do the rated R thing. I think the gore was um, a lot of it was unnecessary. You know, I think you know James Gunn wanted to do a, a more over the top, uh, you know, in terms of you know more over the top movie in terms of the violence, mm-hmm. and it it didn't feel it felt forced. It didn't feel natural. You know, like mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with it being rated R. It didn't have to be rated R. The last one wasn't, and I don't think it failed because it was rated R. But, um, but you can do a good rated R movie, you know. I mean, the Punisher and you know Punisher and, and Daredevil uh, on Netflix are clearly you know rated R types of projects, and you know, but I don't I don't think they're they they don't force anything. You know, the, those shows weren't nearly as graphic as this movie was, and there's no reason why the Punisher. You know, needed the reason why the Punisher isn't as graphic as Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, other than they just didn't they didn't feel like it was necessary. And I mean, again, you know, I guess that's more of a, that's more of a preference for a lot of people. But um, you know, it it takes you out of it a little bit. Um, and you know, I, I think some of the story was a little a little bit of a malaise, um, uh, especially I think in the in the early parts, um, you know, I, I there was a lot of they were very cryptic about what the story was about. Uh, we knew if you, I mean, if you're following, you know, all right, Star Wars, whatever. But um, it kind of took a while for us to get to that point. There's a lot of you know, all right, we got to get to the the thinker and this and that, and we got a little quarter Maltese and uh, yeah. I mean, that, those were more, these are more detailed uh, issues, but but yeah, I mean. Overall, though, I mean, again, not a terrible movie. You know, it, it, there's a, there are good moments. There are good characters. Um, if you're asking me, did I need this? Did I need this sequel to be made? No, uh, I did not need this sequel. But they made it. You know, I mean, I'm, not, I'm never gonna, uh, you know, never gonna turn down a superhero movie and say don't make that. You know, I mean, it's better you make that than you know, random horror movie that I'm not gonna watch. But um, but I mean, it's, it, to me, it's not, it's not Deadpool. And I feel like Deadpool is like the, like the archetype, you know, like it's not an ensemble. I mean, Deadpool 2 is an ensemble, but like, you know, in terms of being that rated R comedy superhero movie, like they're kind of in the same genre and I think Deadpool did it, uh, quite a way, quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so, so Kendall, so Sam, Kendall, you know, mm-hmm. took issue with, the violence in this film. Where do you stand on that aspect of it? Um, I mean, I, I agree with some of what Kendall said. I think it was, I agree that it definitely wasn't needed. Um, it was clearly a, a stylistic choice. Yeah. For gun. Um, largely done, I would think, for shock value. Um, yes. And. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree that it wasn't necessary. And and I think for, it's interesting because I think it, it serves its purpose for some, like for me, 
I think I got the reaction that he wanted people to get out of it, which is why I say it's definitely not for everyone. Right. Because when I saw all this stuff happening, I my reaction was like, what? You know, like, it, but it wasn't like a, you know, which, you know, depending on how you are. Right. Yeah. That's the reaction you're going to have. Yeah, like Pete, um, when Pete Davidson gets his head blown, gets his face blown off, like it's very, right, it's very clear. Like at that point, it's like the the line is drawn in the sand. At that point, it's either you're here for the rest of the movie, right. or yeah, you're taken really. out of it because that's you know? pretty much the rest of the film. Like I'm more, I am more used to watching that kind of content. Not like not like a lot of crazy gore, but <laughs> like anime stuff. And like right, you know, right. stuff that's very that has a lot of violence in it. Moral right. Combat, you know, I play a lot of Moral Combat. Right. That's got stuff like the stuff in this movie. Yeah. All a lot of it. So like, if yeah. you're used to that kind of stuff, it's not gonna like turn you away. You know. And and like, I feel like Moral Combat, like they they I don't say they need it, but like they they use it in a way that is that makes more sense. They say I, I mean we're comparing those movies. And I know we didn't talk about Mortal Kombat on this podcast, so spoilers for anybody who watched didn't watch it. But I haven't def- seen it. But. Oh, you haven't even seen it. Okay, I'm yeah, not going to be spoilery yeah, when I yeah, say you're this. Not, I don't care. I mean, right. Well, all, all I will say spoilers. is that they <laughs> that in terms of comparing those movies, because that's another violent movie. It, yeah. I feel like those like very over the top violent moments are saved for big moments in the film. We could argue about how good or bad the that's film true. is, but like and, like those moments, like this moment, like. A, a, a Mortal Kombat fatality could happen at any moment in this film. Like, that was not the case in the Mortal Kombat movie. It was, you know, people fighting, people doing stuff, people getting hurt, but then, like, those, like, mega fatality-like moments, it was like, oh, this is the end of this major fight scene, this is a big moment in this film. That's not the case with this movie. It's, you could, your guy could just be walking down the street, or they could just be killing some thug in Coro Matisse, and he could get, like, dismembered. <laughs> like, that, like, that's just very possible. Yeah. You know, and so and, that's a, so that, that's so when you're comparing those those entities, there's a difference there, right? And I would compare the violence in this movie m- more closely to the violence in it. I'm glad you brought up Deadpool because I would compare it more to Deadpool because Deadpool is also a very violent movie, which um, a lot of people didn't mind. I didn't mind it, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's probably not quite to the extent of, the, of this movie. Yeah, yeah we're not, no, we're not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it is. Killed off as in this movie. Right. Um, there were a lot of bodies being dropped in Deadpool. But, yeah, one but, but there weren't the same amount as many main characters yeah. being killed off as in and this like movie. And like close-up shots. And, like, and the gore. Yeah, the, the and gore. And the gore. Close-up yeah. shots. Yeah. yeah. There, weren't, there weren't as much of that in this movie. Yeah. In this, in this, there were more cartoonish in that regard. Yeah, know? exactly. Definitely. So... Um, so yeah, that's probably the closest I would compare it to, um, and even then, it it had a point, you know. So I think that I think a lot of people have with. The I mean, to be honest, like like that. I mean, I, just real quick, I think the the issue people have with this one is that, um, is that the violence didn't have a point. Right. Know? It was just there to be there or to shock you, and that's just not going to sit right with a lot of people. And I, and I don't know if, you know, Gunn or Warner Brothers, you know, took that again. They had people watch it. They had the people within Warner Brothers watch it and watch this movie and give it the stamp of approval. And, you know, they, for whatever but again, reason, they decided. They told, again, yeah. I can't give anybody at Warner Brothers the flack when they gave James Gunn the keys to the movie. He said, anything you want to do, you can do. And James Gunn was like, all right, I'm putting all the gore I can in this movie. And 
You know, yeah, if we want to debate whether or not they should have gave James that much autonomy, is a whole other conversation. Yeah, but. that's but I mean, that maybe that is where the argument comes in. Though, again, to be fair, you know, we're having this conversation, but uh, like, and there are people who again who maybe they were put off by the violence, but overall, it seems like this more went over well than it went over poorly. I'll just say real quick on the violence. I feel like for me, um, well, one in terms of comparing the violence, really, this could, the only the the only thing I've watched recently that to me is comparable to is probably uh, Invincible, which is an animated show. Which I finally got yes. to watch, by the way. Incredible show. Everybody should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that shit's super violent. Yeah, yeah. Very- I mean, that, that to me, that violent, that, like, maybe it's not as often, but the level of violence and, like, it's closer in frequency than, like, a Mortal Kombat movie to me. And, like, the level of violence is equal to me to this. Yeah, yeah. When that's right. obviously that's obvious, that's obviously animation. It's just it's animation. So, so, that's, so it's a little different there. But that, to me, is probably the last thing I remember watching that was this violent. But I, I think, to me, you know, it didn't bother me. I'm not someone who likes gore, to be honest. I don't – everybody – you guys know. I don't – I hate horror movies. I don't watch horror mm-hmm. movies. Part of it is because of the violence. Also, part of it, I think they're super predictable. But that's another story. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't really like that stuff. So, like, I – but I guess in my head, I kind of was prepared that this was going to get crazy. So I was just ready for almost anything. And I think, I think here's why I'll, I'll give, I'll defend James here and say that I think it, it does serve a purpose. Because in the last movie, how often did we say, oh, nobody cares about, you know, uh, Deadshot shooting a bunch of putty monsters, you know, or Katana, you know, slicing up a bunch of putty monsters and, you know, like the the real impact of how uh, ruthless these agents of Task Force X are really kind of got neutered by the fact that they weren't fighting any real people. Like that, like it's it's a whole like it just ruined like pretty much the whole movie because you're just like, okay, yes, these guys are quote unquote badasses, but okay, they're beating up rock monsters for a half hour, hour. Like you know how 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 serious should we take that? I think with this, I think it was kind of poignant to one kind of let you know this is how terrible these people are in terms of like what they're willing to who right. they're willing to kill and how they're willing to kill them like they're not oh we're going to give you a slow pain well no not oh we're going to give you a you know a, a kind of harmless kind of death like they're I'm going to chop your head off or yeah. you know again dismember you as a like these people aren't messing around so in terms of like ratcheting up okay these are ruthless people like really bother the barrel in terms of just like their willingness to kill. And I think also, I think it, it, it serves the purpose of like the unpredictability of anybody can go and it's, it, and there's not going to be, Oh, maybe it's funny. Cause I, ironically people do survive, but, <laughs> but for the majority of the characters, it ain't gonna be, Oh, maybe he could have survived that. Or maybe that like, like when these people are gone, they are gone, gone. So I think that that also was part of, the reason when we saw the deaths of a TG, TDK, Blackguard, Savant, Javelin, Mongol, like like those people and, and the way they they went, I think that was that was also part of it too, you know. Because again, last film you see one guy get his head blown off, uh, you know, it's far in the distance, you don't really see it that well, you know. It's terrible. It's terrible how it's executed. You know, here is this is very in your face, and it it, it presents a very real feeling for the rest of the film for me that like man all these people that you're trying like the, the slogan of the movie don't get attached you know that you're ready to get attached to because they're so entertaining you can't because you know any of these people could die in a very gruesome way so i think it served its purpose i was cool with it um 
But again, I stress that this will not be for everybody. Um, I want to. I'll get back on that moment in just a second because there was a, a critique. Because again, I'm always interested in non-superhero fans. So a critique from my girlfriend I thought was interesting. I do want to bring up that I've not really seen people bring up, which is a little surprising to me. But I want to get into things that we liked about this film. So I want to talk start with uh, Sham first. What were some of the aspects of parts of this film that you particularly were really impressed by with this with this movie? Um, so, uh, no surprise, I was very impressed by the characters. Um, I think that's a lot of where James Gunn shines, is with the characterization uh, that's done throughout his, um, throughout his film. So, um, all the characters. There wasn't one character in this movie that I didn't like, which, um, which is pretty rare. Well, is that, no, yeah, I'd say it's, it's probably pretty rare. There's usually at least one person, but there's no one in this movie. I like every single character. Um, you know, some I like more than others, but I was in, I was having a good time <laughs> uh, with everybody. Um, I thought the movie did a very good job of balancing humor, action, and kind of more heartfelt moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, horrifying moment, moments, obviously, with the gore. I thought that the... Um, uh, I thought the action was was very good, um, and I enjoyed. Um, I'd say I enjoyed the climax. I thought the action in the climax was great, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I I think the characters really shine in the movie, though. I think that's really, you know, which again, like I said, gun movies. That's that's really the bread and bread and butter is the characters. I think the characters, the dialogue. That is like fantastic in this movie. So if you like kind of, I, I would say to someone if you like, if you don't mind gore and you like funny, kind of like like character type stuff with like wonky powers, this is this is the move. This is what you'll want to see. So that that's what I like the most. Mm. Uh, I think we, I think we probably all agree about the characters being a strong part in this film. Kendall, what were some aspects of this film? Whether it be aspects or uh, you know individual moments what what were things that you thought really shined in this film um i mentioned it earlier i mean the peacemaker character um they featured him a decent amount in the promotion uh and i thought john cena had a really good performance um you know I, i they a little bit of a twist to see you know him be a little bit, you know, to be more in, in line with, with uh, Waller than uh, Rick Flagg. Um, interesting, yeah. That was, that was an interesting kind of twist. And, um, you know, his character, uh, I thought, was, was definitely um, uh, one of the funnier ones in this in this, in this this uh, movie. Um, I thought a lot of the gags with King Shark were really funny. A lot of the gags with uh, Polka Dot Man were really funny. Um you know, I think James Gunn, he, I mean, he writes humor really well. Um, you know, I thought the scene where, uh, where they were trying to, they were trying to get to, uh, to Rick Flag, and they, they go through, uh, that entire, you know, squad, and then they get there thinking that those were the enemies. And oh, yeah, that was great. That was, that was the rest of her team, and that, that was a funny moment. So, yeah, there's a lot of very individual funny moments, you know, has, uh, that charm to it similar to guardians in that regard but um but yeah overall you know again the the 
there there were a lot of good characters in this uh in in this in this uh movie. So I echo that sentiment. And if you're doing Suicide Squad, it's gonna be an ensemble. You know, you gotta nail that. Yeah, you gotta have multiple yeah. gay characters. And you know, I thought the I thought the David Ayer version had a lot of gay characters as well. Um, but this one, this one, this one, uh, this one did definitely. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the 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 you know the killing spree essentially uh, as they were trying to get the red flag because I you know my girlfriend was not very happy with that scene and one of the things she pointed out and it's a, it is part of it a thing to think about is you know when it came to like the the quarter Maltese army and government I mean they, they these were you know this is like a dictatorship so okay killing those people you know not maybe we don't care about it as much per se but there you got them killing like you know freedom fighters. <laughs> And, you know, you see all these, you know, black and brown people being slaughtered in such a ruthless way. I thought it was weird. I'll be honest. I, like, it was, it, was, it was a gag that I got and understood. I don't know if it sat the best with me. I wondered if there was a better way or maybe a less over-the-top way of doing that. Um, it's not something I really heard a lot of people complain about, but, like... Cause I'm, he's killing people. I'm like, these people aren't in any like uh, any gear or any like you know Corte Maltese. Cause we've seen these Corte Maltese people, you know. <laughs> he's not. They're not in anything. So I'm like, he, who are these people? I didn't know who they were killing. And they kind of started to look more and more regular as they kind of got closer to Rick Flag. And then then you realize they are. I'm like, ooh, okay. Um, so and then I and from a story standpoint, also I felt like to me, and we're talking about plot. I know we're in things we like, but we're talking about plot. I thought that that actually was kind of a weird moment. Because then how do you turn that into, okay, you know, Soul Soria is willing to work with these, you know, people who just killed half her team. like it, And they, they don't really seem to really deal much with it. It's just there for a gag. But it's a pretty, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know Bloodsport and, and, and uh, Homeboy, Peacebreaker are just showing off, you know, with how they can kill people and, and the ways in which they can do it and, as, as ruthless as possible. So yeah. I, I thought that that like I thought that was that was a moment that they that was very dark. And I know this movie has a lot of dark humor, but I thought to move on from that, I thought just didn't make any real logistical sense. Yeah, I mean that that goes to the overall tone of the movie. Um, I'll I'll get to that later. I'll let you go on the positives. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just something I'd say. But but in, in regards to the the, the positives, um, I do want to talk about. Uh, again, Harley Quinn. Because I think that when we talk about the other movies she's been in, so you have the first Suicide Squad, where you know she was definitely a highlight. But one of the you know aspects about her character, they really tried to kind of lean into you know everything being about the Joker. And then you got the uh, the the Birds of Prey movie, where even though it's all about her emancipation. You know, there is a lot of movies still kind of like, you know, I left the Joker and this is me trying to be on my own. Like, that's a whole part, that's a whole theme of the film. I thought that this movie had, did a really good job of kind of just establishing Harley as this is who she is, minus Joker, regardless of where things are. And I think the way in which they nodded to Joker was way more powerful and poignant than any of those other movies that either had Joker in them or kept mentioning that fact that she was leaving Joker uh, in, the, in the last one we just watched. And I liked Birds of Prey, and I, so that's not like, you know, 
it's not like I dislike that movie, but I think this movie did a stronger moment. I mean, I think the scene where she, you know, kills the uh, the the dictator, and the monologue she goes on in terms of you want to understand who Harley Quinn is and why she's redeemable and why she is on this journey. Like that scene, that writing is all you need to know. It's so well done. It's so well acted, and I just think kind of the journey she went on in this film. Uh, I just thought it was great. And that moment in particular, I thought was uh, probably my favorite moment in this movie, except for the other, my other favorite moment in the movie, which is of course the you know, the kind of fight scene between Rick Flag and Peacemaker, which also is just super well done. And you know the the last line being you know Peacemaker, what a joke! Like it just, I've seen people tweet that over and over again, and it still gives me chills even saying it because it's Joel Kinnaman once again delivers it so well. And, like, it's such a great line because you know this character is so self-important. He has no self-awareness at all. You see that throughout the entire film. So, like, to call that guy a joke in his face and, like, think about, like, why he has gone this far to kill Rick Flagg so that he could um, protect the U.S. government from, you know, from from liability and in turn allow them to, to kill more people and kill do other more dangerous things that will be a, you know a dangerous society and he calls himself peacemaker it's 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 a again it's beautiful writing i mean there are a couple of moments in this movie where you're like man writing this is so good there you know i thought Ratcatcher's uh my my by her father Ratcatcher one i thought that that was a uh, another strong moment of writing i mean rick i mean um excuse me uh, gun has i know there's there's plenty of great humor. There's plenty of great comedy. There's plenty of great action and gore. But I think these really, I thought this movie really needed to be tied together with some of these personal moments. And, you know, and I think even, uh, uh, you know, Dubois scene with his daughter in, in jail, you know, like those moments, I think really kind of tie this movie together. I think without them, I, I, this might just feel very, very over the top. Like, I think like those those moments still bring you back to, okay, yeah, this is very all fun and games, but these are real people and these are damaged people in many ways. And I thought that there were particular moments and big moments where they had to kind of draw on that emotion and that drama. And they were able to do that with, uh, with some great performances and some great writing in those scenes. So those scenes in particular, I thought were ones I wanted to highlight as, as really great, great scenes. Yeah, we uh are we jump into things we didn't like. Um yeah, yeah I mean out the yeah. list. <laughs> <laughs> so let's yeah, talk no. about let's talk about <laughs> things uh so so I I kind of since you mentioned it, I mean what are what are some things that you thought missed the mark with this film? Yeah, so I guess just to harping on that scene where you talk about um you know that uh the scene where they're trying to rescue Rick Flag um and just the overall kind of dark humor aspect of it. I mean, I think that's that that that's the tone of the movie you know i think that also where the the gore the gore is not it, the gore isn't the issue as much as it is like it's very it's a very kind of dehumanizing kind of humor you know where like amanda waller blows up you know what should we call it you know uh michael rooker's character and you know he's just running away you know and it, like he just doesn't he doesn't he, like again it's a suicide squad but it's like i mean it's a crazy it's a crazy situation but like, and then she just blows it up, and that's supposed to be like funny. And I'm like, this is this isn't funny. But it's, but I don't know. It's like an awkward. 
is an awkward thing. And I think that that's overall where the gore isn't doesn't match with where with the tone of the movie because you're trying to make it funny and it's like like ej mentioned you know just slaughtering all these good people and it turns into a gag i thought it was a funny gag it was a funny joke i can't i can't lie but it's overall the movie the the tone of the movie is just it's it's very awkward you know in that regard um you know i i i thought harley quinn was 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 solid um i thought her inclusion was unnecessary but really that just goes to um that just goes to that you know i think that this, again it's james gunn's decision you know um her inclusion seemed probably the one where i think warner brothers probably probably nudged you know to get her in the movie but um but i thought that you know it made more sense in the in the other two um I, you know i think in this movie again she was in it um but i don't know if i needed you know harley quinn i, I don't know if they added much to the character that we so had he- so here's why I'll push back on why Harley Quinn's uh, addition to the team I thought was important. I think, you know, we kind of talked about, like, to me, I think we all would agree this is definitely a sequel, right? Yes. I mean, so, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I assume. Like, they do like, nothing to make you think that it's not a sequel. No, no. Right. And I know Kinnaman said that he approached this character differently than the first movie. Which is yeah, which is another thing I'm gonna get to, but <laughs> but yeah, so I want to kind of finish these things, but but I think the reason why, so with that being said, I think Harley's role is important is because because they're not really going through the whole what's the Suicide Squad thing. I think you need veterans to kind of be know what everything's about, be along for this ride, and just kind of know what the deal is. Like I think yeah, without without Harley Quinn, and if you're just adding a bunch of just completely new people, and you don't have that like anchor and i don't think rick flag is charismatic enough to be that anchor like without that i think that you kind of lose any of that we don't want to go through the weeds of like explaining what a suicide squad is anymore i think quinn's like just her presence and like her actions like it's written in the script how she kind of understands how everything goes to the point where by the time they're at their end like rick flag felt comfortable with her you know you know even though she was saying nonsense like like helping them get, go over the the last plan you know along with you know bloodsport kind of became with the fact of leader like it's because she's been she's done this before she's part of this team so i thought that that was i thought her presence that's why i thought her presence kind of was necessary um that was just my that was just my take yeah 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 that's a good point um you know obviously look bloodsport you know elephant in the room obviously just clearly they couldn't get will smith back and so they decided let's make it idris elba um it'll do the exact same thing you know, he's a he's a he's a marksman. You know, <laughs> it's like you could have gave him a different power. You could have gave you could have made him a different character. But you know, they they decided uh, do the thing with the daughter and you know whatnot whatnot. Um, but other uh, but it, when I when I mentioned the Rift Flag thing, I thought uh, it it's funny you mentioned that because I hadn't heard the quote, but I just thought that Rick Flag was was different in this movie. You know, I, I don't think he was as good as he was in the first one. I thought Joel Kinnaman did an excellent really? job as Rick Flag in the other one. Yeah, and oh, and I totally disagree. I thought he was kind of. Yeah, I thought he. Was, yeah, I disagree. I thought he was kind of. Like, I thought he was awful out of place in this movie a little bit. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I thought I thought he was way better in this movie. And Same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the scene just, at the end really yeah. bothered me, where he was, he was all like, you know, like. He was all upset about you know the the Waller and the the whole program with Starro. He's like, what? 
my thing is like, like, what, what do you think you're signing up for? Like, I know that's the whole you're kind on the of military spot, complex, dog. but like, <laughs> but like, to me, it's like, you, you like, you're on the, you're on Task Force X. Right. Like, he's not just Johnny Military. Like, you're working under Amanda Waller. Like, you know the mission. You know these people are gonna get their heads blown off. If they go off the off the reservation. Like, this is already. And again, it maybe just goes back to the whole thing. This whole concept is kind of bizarre. But like, why, why now are you like, you know, oh my gosh, no way. No way the United States military would do this. It's like none of none of what you're doing is like it's all taboo. None of it's none of it should be considered legal. But yeah, so yeah, I mean, those were those, that that was that was a scene that bothered me. Um, but it's what it, it is what it is. Sham, any response to uh, Kendall's beefs or and or uh, your beefs of your own in terms of this film? Um. Well, I mean, no, I mean, I understand Kendall's Kendall's gripes. I did. I uh, I thought Rick Flag was much better in this movie than than the last one. Personally, the last one, I thought he was just a soldier. You know, he I was, thought he was like this love drunk loser in the last one, and he's in love with this enchantress who is crazy. Yeah. Like, like, like he was just yeah, awful. Well, I, I can't believe Kendall thinks he was better. Nothing, than that nothing movie. he really did in that movie was, <laughs> and I and I don't even. I think I like that movie more than you guys, but nothing he really did in that movie. Like was like great, Not or even really that all that all that good. So <laughs> no, yeah. though he's a good actor. I thought he did a good job. But yeah, just, yeah, exactly. It, it just didn't. I don't think the character was written well. Like I, that's, you yeah, know, and, exactly. you know, David A. will say it's DC's fault. DC will say it's his fault. Yeah. I don't know, but regard who whose fault? I just yeah, thought he was really written. Not, nothing there, nothing there was uh, was working for me. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So I thought he I thought he was pretty good in this one. I didn't. Um, I would say I didn't like, I mean, I already kind of hinted at earlier, basically. I didn't love Starro as a villain. Um, I thought he was better than I expected, but I still didn't like him. <laughs> you know, for whatever, whatever that, whatever that would you really consider? But would you really consider Starro a villain? Like, I, I, like to all, me, I don't really consider, like, yeah. I consider, like, the Cordo Maltese government as a villain. And then, like, maybe kind of Waller. Cause Starro is just like, he's just released. Like he doesn't like. Yeah, he's not. He's not manipulating anything that happens in the movie until he's released. Like he, he's not. He's just an idea. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. I mean, I, I mean, I think that's fair. He's just Starro's just, presence in general. Yeah, it just, just Starro. I just wasn't a fan. Right. Mm. So, um, being the third act, you know, third act villain, quote unquote. You know, it just, you know. So I, I wasn't the biggest fan of that. Um. Let's see, I'm trying to think of anything else that I really didn't like. I mean, I guess you could say I was hoping to see more of some of the other characters, Weasel, you know. Yeah, I mean, some look, of the, some of the other ones in the beginning. Let's be honest. Like, I'm not surprised. I don't know if any of us are shocked, but like, it's a little bit of false advertising in the sense that you know. And again, it, it, it's like, I mean, is you, it though? They say don't get too attached, and and that's fair. Yeah. But like. You know, it's like, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, if you if you yeah, make it obvious exactly. who's in the movie, then it's like, oh, you're spoiling. And it's making, it, yeah, it's a suicide squad. Yeah. You know, so, so it, it kind of comes with the territory. But it's like, but but, but yeah. it is what it is. You, you, you like a character. Yeah, yeah. And then they get killed off. Yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, it is what it is. Um, but there were definitely characters that I probably wish I, I would have seen more of. Right. Um... 
I mean, outside of that, um, I would, I would, well, I would also say, I think I liked, I, I, this is not the best that I've seen from Harley. I think I liked her better in her movie. I thought Birds of Prey was her best. I thought Birds of Prey was her best performance. Mm-hmm. Um, then she was in this movie. I wouldn't say she was a prop, but she was a little, she was, she was just kind of there. That's what I, I guess which, that was my which point. Which wasn't, was a little bit you know, I didn't hate it. You know, Margot Robbie's great as Harley Quinn, but this wasn't her best. I think I feel like I've seen Now, EJ makes a good point about having the vet on the team, kind of. I mean, you could have had a new character do that same role, but it wouldn't have hit for the audience as well as it was as it does with Harley Quinn. Especially since Harley Quinn is like putting Harley Quinn in the vet role. Is yeah, very, it's wild. It's yeah. part of the joke. Is like, yeah, right, it's like vet. this is the vet. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so off their rocker, like. Yeah, like I think that gag alone, I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, so I mean, honestly, that really sums up the things I didn't love. Other, other than that, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I think it definitely had a ceiling. I was so glad that they bombed uh, Captain Boomerang or whatever happened to him. They, they, they took him off the. <laughs> they took him out of the movie. But uh, I was like, oh man, this guy's in the movie again. I forgot. <laughs> you forgot he was in the movie. I mean, for the most part, I, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I kind of forgot to go too in, into the because there's so it. much Idris Elba and Cena, and then I yeah. kind of forgot. Yeah. About it. But um, but yeah, I mean that kind of sums up my uh, my negatives. This movie definitely had a ceiling in terms of how good it could be, mm-hmm. just by the nature of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I still I still thought it was a great movie. Do you yeah, guys I'm, feel like yeah. real quick about the yeah. gun thing? You guys think that gun? Were you happy with with Gunn's decision making overall? Do you feel like there's a little bit too much that he went a little too off off the reservation when it came to making this movie? Um, we know Marvel doesn't give him this much all time, Definitely not. just because I mean, he's, I mean he's Kevin Feige, but and Guardians uh, was a lot different. Obviously, Guardians is a different mission, different different job. But um, what do you guys feel about? James I, th- I mean, I I feel like I feel like I'm pleased with what they like could some editing by warner media helped gun sure uh but at the same time you know could uh warner media have come in and really uh you know kind of manipulated what this movie was supposed to be and therefore kind of diminished it that's very likely you know like, I, i'm almost fine getting this raw version of whatever gun had in his head than the risk of if, if Warner Media really was like, actually, you know, we want you to put in some person that didn't make sense or make do this plot line that doesn't make sense. Like, I'm fine with this being kind of imperfect, but being Gunn's vision. Like I told you, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, I felt like he understood the assignment. Like, right. At the end of the day, like, this is what the Suicide Squad is. Uh, it can be violent. It can be ruthless. It's a lot of dark humor. Um, but it's just a kind of a fun ride. And they're doing kind of these oddball missions that you know usually end up being a lot more serious than they even anticipate, and which is why Waller is doing it in this kind of black ops kind of under the radar way. I do and agree. He, he understood that completely, and like, and and you know, I, I really kind of think back to him saying that you know he really his vision for this you know he was influenced a lot by the like a lot of nineteen eighties kind of like war movies and stuff. And I think you see a little bit of Rambo in this movie and things like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and to me, that like the Suicide Squad was excuse me, the Suicide Squad was written during that time. Like that's that was the it was yeah. very much in that spirit. And this movie, like those '80s movies, aren't for everybody. Again, like like 
Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I think in some ways, like, like, he understood that spirit and he did something as authentic as he possibly could that he thought was going to be able to be shown on screen. So, I, agree that I, 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 I was, I was cool with him. Okay. It was, he's a, no artist is perfect. So, there are plenty of imperfections in, in the movie, in the presentation, but I, I was pleased with God. I'm happy he did this film. Yeah, I agree 100% that he, he, he get, he got the Suicide Squad. Um, and the nature of the Suicide Squad, you can tell he's he's yeah. not a he's not a casual. No. Some people like to say, you know, clearly he <laughs> he got he got the he he got the like you say he got the assignment. Um, and you know, I I I feel like I think the movie was also hurt box office wise. I think a little bit creatively, um, from my perspective, by using so many no name DC characters. Um and I and I, I think to you me replace some of those like yeah. again, like he had the list of characters considered and Mr. Freeze was on there and like Livewire. Like Livewire is not even A lister and, and she's far more known than half the people that ninety percent of the people that yeah. made the cast of this movie. And you know, you could have comprised this movie of, you know, B list, C list these DC villains like Captain Cold and other people and I think people would have been more excited you know but when you use just the bottom of the barrel of people that no one's ever heard of you know it, it and no one's ever heard of maybe exaggeration but you know you have to be really 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 inside baseball to, to know a lot of these people that is um, you know I think that, that that's a recipe for not the best uh not the best box office, so you know. Yeah, I mean, what'd you, but what'd you yeah, where you gave you gave James Gunn the keys, and he wanted to use these characters creatively, and, and they they weren't going to tell him no. And look, here's what I'll say too: I feel like Sham, like even though Gunn got to do whatever he wanted, I totally think that he got a list of people that you are not killing, and then he took that list and said, "Okay, I'll find people." He claims that. that's not the case. I don't. I don't him. Peacemaker. And like to me, there's no way if he went there and said, like, I want to put Harvey Dent in this movie, but he's going to die. Like, I just, there's no way that they're allowing him to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm, gonna put, I'm putting, uh, you know, uh, 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 Sinestro in this movie or, or Black Manta. Like, they're not killing Black. Like, there's no way he's, I want to put Black Manta in this. I want to get his head blown off that they're signing off on that. I think right. that either he was smart and knew. There's certain characters I know I can't touch, or they explicitly told him. I don't think, like, I don't believe he just happened upon just these eyeball characters and was just lucky enough to like not kill anybody that anybody would really care about. Like, I think that there's no way it was that seamless, in my opinion. He was either explicitly told him or kind of told, kind of reading between the lines of, "Hey, here are some characters that you know. Here are the characters on on the list, and here are characters that have a future. So do what you want with them." And I think that he just took characters that. A lot of people don't even know. Probably weren't even on the DC's radar. That, you know, they didn't even think about. Because there, I mean, again, like I, you know, Black Manta and Deathstroke, one hundred percent could have been in the Suicide Squad. Like he can, he considered Bane, Solomon Grundy, Killer Frost, Deathstroke, Katana, Man Bat. Like a how lot do you of... not take? Like how do you not? And again, I enjoyed a lot of these characters, but you you passed up on all of those guys, and you were like, oh, these were all my choices. I yeah, chose ja- I chose Javelin over Bane. 
Come on now. Some of this stuff is like you, you got. It's like you know. I can only suspend Spend. my disbelief for so much. Yeah. Then common sense gets into the picture. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely just Warner Brothers. Like, nah. You know. And like, I don't even know if it was like I'm a conversation. Black. It just might have been. You know, there's a character that we, you know, you can't kill. Or, or it might have been, right. hey, you know, these characters yeah. that we have future with or whatever, and him say, okay, I know where I can stare, where I can go, where I cannot go. I don't think that he gave them this list and they were like, oh, no, nah, it's good. You can pick anybody you want. And he didn't pick Bane or Killer Frost. Like, <laughs> like I just don't see how that, that, that that's possible. There was, some, there was some thought to creatively where it wasn't going to work. Yeah. For what he wanted to do. The studio. So, there. so at the end of the day, he got to do what he wanted to do, but you know, he he was he played within some guidelines. I think I, that's that's how I feel about it. But Sham, what do what do you think of Gunn's performance as a as the director and writer of this? Just his vision of how this whole thing came about. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, I, I mean, as I said before, I had just this is this movie just has James Gunn written all over it. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought his direction was fantastic. I liked the. You know the shots, the the effects. I mean, it was all great. Um, I mean, my only issue, um, you know, which of course we harped on before, is just the lack of clarity as to what this movie is. Yeah. In connection to the last one, mm-hmm. I think it, it hurts <laughs> which, the movie. They they it's very intentional. It, it's you know it's intentional and it, and it hurts the movie. Yeah. It's not even a thing where it's like, oh well, you know. Uh, just ignore it. It's like no. I mean, I. But what happened? What happened last time? <laughs> they did, took the Transformers did, model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, did what happened last time happen, or yeah. did that like not happen? You know, it has the same characters. It still has me wondering. Like, is Will Smith in this world? Like, is it possible <laughs> he'll come back? Like, what's what is this? I don't know if you can have. And Will I'll be Smith. honest, man. Like, we gotta have a real dialogue and conversation about you know, <laughs> the, like we're. We're now years into this DC. You know, sometimes you could feel like we're in the beginning of something. We're in years now of this. We've moved on from Zack Snyder's world, kind of. But technically, we're supposed to have moved on from him. And we're doing this new thing where movies can just be whatever they are. And connecting them is not the, the number one priority. We've we've been in this strategy now, at the very least, probably starting with Shazam. Uh, I don't know if this is working from a box office standpoint. Like, whether it's working creatively, I think it's probably debatable. Um, but there's a, there's definitely an argument to say it is. But I think when it comes to the draw for people, I think this is I think this is hurting them. Like this this notion that just like nothing you've seen before matters. I think that I think there's something. And again, we talk about the podcast. I'm not saying you got to do everything like Marvel did, but there, I think there is something. There's something special about Marvel movies that whatever you're watching, the stuff that's happened before it, has meaning and stakes. And it's just weird to have a movie like this where you're using same characters from another movie and just whatever happened in that movie didn't matter. Now I know that last movie was bad, so I I would understand. I don't. I wasn't. I, I wasn't as offended as Sham that they didn't really reference the last movie because I hated the last movie, and I also felt like. This movie still kind of makes it clear that this is obviously a sequel. By again, because Harley Quinn seems to just be on board with everything, knows what's what's about the camaraderie with him and Rick Flagg. She says Rick Flagg's a friend of hers. Like to me, this is we've seen them grow a relationship from the beginning. So it's like I, it, I, I, it's obvious this is some kind of um, sequel, though they don't want to really go that route. But I think it just, I just don't think it really. I don't know if this thing is working the way it is because 
I, I I feel like there is this thing of the stakes and the the one to to be compared to other movies and and knowing that other movies still matter. I think not having that is hurting this 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 franchise a little bit because yeah, it, uh, up and down kind of box office Wonder Woman or it wasn't box office it was just HBO Max but you know now I know that was early in its stages but as we've seen now you know it's been eclipsed by you know Mortal Kombat. Um, we saw, you know, whatever you thought of the Shazam numbers, those those numbers were their numbers. Joker did great in terms of the box office for a movie that was radar and super different in terms of how they promoted that film. But you know, a lot of hit and misses. There aren't a lot of just obvious, just like, you know, home run, grand slam kind of box office performances. And I think that Warner Brothers, Warner Media, they might want to re, re, re-kind of consider how they do this because... I think there's a level of frustration from fans like Sham who wonder if, like, you know, are you wasting your time by fo- trying to follow the DC movies? Like, can you, like, is it is it really smart to tell your fans, oh, you can just skip these two or skip this one? It doesn't really matter what you watched before. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I I I think that there's there's a, I think I think I think you, you kind of you kind of harp down, like you kind of lock down a certain core audience. That perhaps is larger than just your diehard fans when you actually make something continuous. Like right. to me, I don't watch all the fantastic, fa- the Fast and Furious movies. This is like the second time in two months or a month I'm doing Fast and Furious references. But like I, I don't, I don't, I've only watched maybe four. But I almost feel like because they are connected, I'm more inclined to watch them, which is weird. But I guess otherwise, I feel like it's all pointless. It kind of already is pointless. It's so like over the top. But like part of me is like, okay. Well, they're, they're continuing a lore and like. Just kind of seeing where the next thing is. Like, all right, I want to see this one. Where where is this gonna go? Like, I think when you don't do that with with these with comic book movies, where the whole point of comic books are to be in a continuity, that I think there's a real conversation to be had about whether or not this model that they're laying out right now is is working at all. I would argue that right now it isn't. And I and I feel like um, with this movie in particular, it. Uh, you know, I feel like this movie in particular, it it was just not done, not marketed well in terms of people just not knowing what's going on. I mean, we had speculated that with Joker and with other ones where we were like, are people going to know what's happening? You know, with all these other, you know, there's another Joker and all this other stuff. Are people going to be confused? Is it going to hurt them? And I, but I feel like with this movie, it has the same people. They don't. I mean, like you said, EJ, they have a few lines where they're like referencing the last stuff, but they don't really directly address that. Hey, yeah, this is, this is just of, of just this is clearly a continuation of what happened last time, because you know, in, in other sequels, there isn't any, there is no, it's obvious. <laughs> There's a two in the title. There, it's obvious. There isn't any kind the, of the subtitle of, or anything like so. Um, and I feel like for just, you know, people that either like the last movie, which I don't know how many of them there are, but, but for people that like the last one or for people that, you know, are kind of casual, like kind of superhero fans, uh, which there are plenty of, plenty of people like that out there that kind of just like these movies, you know, they may, you know, be confused, uh, you know, honestly, as to what it is that this is before they even see it. Yeah. Um, and then after they see it, which I don't think is good. So I, I think they dropped the ball. I think, I think they should have just, just jumped into the water 
instead of dipping their toe in, just jump in, say this is a sequel to the last one. And then maybe don't bring it up again, but say this is a sequel. <laughs> you don't have to harp on, oh, you know, remember when, when uh, you know, Deadshot did, well, you know, you don't have to do any of that, but just say, yeah, this is happening because of, you know, Waller's program that she started with, you know, Katana and blah, 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 or whatever. Like, so, yeah, I don't know. That's just my rant on it, but they, they should have done that better, I think. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that your sentiments are not, they're not, like, I think a lot of people feel the same way, you know. Even people who like the movie, like you did, you know. Um, I think there people again. I think that it's to play this kind of game. Like, yeah, it didn't bother me because I got what was going on pretty fast. But I'm giving them a lot of rope with that, and I understand that. You know, some people won't give them that rope. Like they want you to tell them what the what the hell's going on, and to do this whole song and dance for a whole movie where you kind of don't. You kind of do these little innuendos that kind of nod to previous interactions with these characters but then don't really do anything explicit to kind of lay it out there it's uh it's a it's kind of a weird decision that they made um trying to think of anything else from this film i'll be honest i feel like i know kendall well let's 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 talk about the the peacemaker situation because i think that's important to to note in this conversation so peacemaker uh he is shot in the in the in the neck by uh, Bloodsport in another really cool action scene. By the way, I thought like the way they did Bloodsport's like weapons, like I thought it was really cool. You want to talk about like using CGI well, like I like I, it's wild that someone like I'm not saying Deadshot's this like big well known character, but to me it was wild that someone like Bloodsport who I didn't hear of and <laughs> never heard of before the Suicide Squad movie. Um, could play the dead sport, the the, the, the dead, uh, the, the dead shot like figure on this team, obviously, and yet come across just so much cooler. It was really stunning considering it was Will Smith playing a much more well known character. That's essentially what happened for me. I was like, man, this guy is awesome. <laughs> uh, his his level of weapon expertise was was uh was unmatched, and he takes out uh uh. Uh, Peacemaker after their earlier conversation about having a smaller bullet hit a bigger bullet. Um, he kills, we think he kills Peacemaker, but then he, we see in a post credit scene that he's actually alive, that he was pulled out of rubble. Somehow he was still breathing. They were able to save his life despite um, him being shot in the neck, despite him, a building crashing onto him. Uh, he survived. And when they've talked about it with Gunn, since essentially he said that this was essentially a deal where yeah they were doing a show so they had to keep him around <laughs> they had to do a post credit scene where they reveal that he's actually alive that he didn't die in that and I'll be honest I felt like I I I, I thought that was kind of lame um in terms of like decision making for this film and why certain things were done I almost feel like I would have been better off if like somehow almost like how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did, like, we see he's alive, but it's not something done in the movie. I thought it was just, like, his kill was so, it, I guess it wasn't quote-unquote confirmed, but it just, I mean, like, it just there seemed to be no way he could, anybody could survive what he went through. And we don't really have much of an explanation of why he survived. I'm sure they'll write something around, but they don't make it as if Peacemaker is, like, non-human. Like, he, he's, he, by all accounts, he's a human, but he's just, you know, jacked. Uh, 
what did you guys make of, of the decision to kind of kill Peacemaker, but then kind of retcon it uh, later in the in the post credits? What do you think, Kendall? Uh, I mean the movie. I, I don't take it too seriously. Um, so it, it you know, it it it, it feels like. You know, and it's comic books. I agree that it, 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 from a realism standpoint, doesn't make much sense. From a realistic standpoint, it doesn't make much sense. But, um, I mean, you know, I like to be make a character. I'm excited for the show. So, I'm, I mean, I'm glad they, they ended up going with that decision. Um, it was a little strange in real time because I, I, I you know, wasn't sure if we, I wasn't sure we were getting a post credit scene. Um, I've long assumed that Peacemaker would be. A show in real time. I didn't think it would be a, a, a prequel, but you know, there was a part of you that wonders if it's a prequel after after seeing him get shot. So, um, but overall, I, I thought it was a. Uh, I didn't, it, you know, it's weird, but you know, I'm fine with the post credit scene. You know, we, I want to see more Peacemaker. Um, it's a nice little nod to the show that's coming out, very similar to the ending of Black Widow. So, <laughs> it's cool. Uh, yeah. It was the um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was a great twist. Cause I didn't see it coming. I didn't know who was gonna get shot. You know, when when Peacemaker had that that stare down plus four. I love uh, the scene. I mean, be clear though. I love the scene. I agree because I didn't know what was gonna happen. I'm like, I mean, John Cena's got a show coming up, but also, I mean, Idris Elba. This is clearly kind of he's kind of driving this bus for this movie. Like who, like. And if he if he dies, then I don't know who leads the rest of the scene. Like it was like a really tense moment. It was again right. also very well written, very well done. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I thought it was great. Um, then the twist itself, I, I actually liked, um, because I was thinking, oh, is this like a prequel or, you know, is this some other, you know, timeline? Like what? Like what are they doing? This guy, you know, he got shot in like the head. Like how, like what's going on? What are they doing? You know, but you know, I thought that post credit scene was was great. It reminded you that you know a lot of stuff that happened in this movie was absurd and ridiculous. So this guy getting shot in the head and now being an agent is uh, is uh, gonna happen just because they can do it. So, um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was awesome because I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I felt like I saw when I heard there was multiple post credit scenes, I kind of felt like they they like, they like might bring back Peacemaker, right? They got it, right? Because of what happened. And then and he has a show coming. Uh, as soon as they, they're like, oh, we're in the hospital, I was like, okay, this has got to be Peacemaker survived. And then he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that was... And what I will say is I'm I'm super excited for his show. I mean, I, again, I thought Cena was hilarious. I thought that... I actually, you know, I kind of assumed he'd only kind of be a comic relief character but i think the third act of the movie kind of gives him a much more depth that i i do feel like can be really explored at a high level if you do get like a full series to kind of explore who this guy is um it's like you know i don't know if really i could think of another character like him i mean i know there are similar there's similarities to punisher similarities to some people but Mm -hmm. like yeah, Nuke, uh, you know, uh, John Walker, but but he he's almost beyond that. Like he, he's he's very unique, and his his moral compass is 
so so crazy and so absurd, but he's so serious. He so takes himself so self serious, like uh, like uh, self. He has so much self importance that like not him not having that self awareness makes him very compelling. So I can't wait for his show. How they got there, I, I think could have been a little better. I think especially I think my only beef not my only beef. One of my main beefs being that like this is the movie where you're like killing off people with no regard for human life. You know what I'm saying? And and there's no qualms of, oh, this guy, maybe he survived this. You know, God's getting the head blown off or whatever. And I know he didn't get his head blown off, but again, he got shot in the, in the middle of the neck and then a building collapsed on him. Like, like for a movie that's been just, like, offing people, like, I feel like when you when you go, you're supposed to just go. The, the weasel thing was just more funny, you know, because he did not get blown up or anything. We thought he drowned, which was kind of a funny way for him to die. And then you're like, oh, yes, he didn't die. He, you know, he, he's okay. I thought that was a that was a fun thing at the end. I, I, to me, we got someone who was supposed to be quote unquote killed, and then they survive something that seems just impossible. You know, like like why he didn't get his head blown off the the ceram- the, the circumstances surrounding his what appeared to be mortal wound seemed like impossible for him to actually make it out. That part of it made it hard for me to kind of uh, understand that, but. But I, I really love John Cena's performance, and I'm really excited to see uh, his show. And I'm hoping that even someone like Bloodsport gets uh, you know, more run. I don't know if they're doing more shows or if he could maybe make a spot in another movie. But I, I feel like you know these are characters that I would love to see again, almost all of them. Um, and I'm happy Peacemaker is getting his own series. But I think that there hopefully will be roles for, we know obviously Harley Quinn is, you know, one of the faces of the franchise, but and I'm hoping we get to see some of these other folks as well. I think this is a, probably a good spot to do scores for this film. So I will toss it to Sham first. Uh, out of a 10, what would you give the movie The Suicide Squad? Man, Suicide Squad, gotta give it a 2. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I, 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 give it a, uh, I give it an 8.5. I thought it was a very okay. good movie. You know, I thought it was a very good movie. I think it, it. I mean, it had a ceiling just by the nature of it, you know. Um, when your main characters are Bloodsport and uh, Ratcatcher and King Shark, it's probably just not going to be ten, you know, just just on the face of it. But it was very good. It was very good. It. I would say it exceeded my expectations in some ways. It didn't meet my expectations in other ways, but mostly, it it was it was what I would expect it to be because the James Gunn movie. Um, so yeah, I give it an eight point five. All right, eight point five for Sham Kendall. What are you giving this movie out of ten? Uh, I give it a seven out of ten. Um, uh, you know, solid movie. Uh, I thought it did a lot of, a lot of good things. Um, with with regards to the characters and, uh, with regards to the humor, some decent action. Um, but I thought the plot had some some moments of. Uh, of malaise, moments of inconsistency, uh, and I thought the tone of the movie was a little was a little off. Um, so I, you know, I can't go much higher than a than a than a seven. Um, I think the movie would have been greatly helped by a PG thirteen rating uh, that would have, you know, made them focus more maybe on the humor and the action than you know than the the f bombs and the the gore but you know uh such as uh james gunn's vision don't want to don't want to blast james gunn 
<laughs> I was saying, I mean, we've blasted James Gunn on this show before many yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely happened. Hashtag Brightburn, you know, hashtag Brightburn, Guardians 2, Guardians 2, yeah, yeah. Ego stuff. Yeah. And, and then all, not, that's not to mention the other allegations yeah, and all that other stuff, yeah, yeah. And all, you know, his other, how his we other got here, yeah. Yeah, but, that's, yeah, yeah, how we got to this movie in the first place, which was yeah, exactly. him so, being unemployed. So we blasted James Gunn. So this is a, this is a, <laughs> this is a blast safe zone. Yeah, yeah, we're not no no partisan here. We're, we're just calling it what it is. Um, I will give this movie. Uh, I will I will I will share Shamari's score as well. I'll go eight and a half. Um, just under a nine. I think that you know for me, you know some of the dark humor moments. They a lot of them hit well. Some of them didn't. I mentioned the scene where they kill all the people. Uh, and I think some some of those moments. When they don't hit, they also hurt your plot as well. So, so I think that that was one example. Um, but I think overall, again, the, the strength of the performances of the individuals, you know, to make you know people like Ratcatcher be someone I care about. I mean, that takes a lot of great acting and then a lot of great uh, writing as well. So, so, um, so you know, I got to give it up to James Gunn. I got to give it up to to this cast, which I thought was uh, was a really good really solid all around um i guess i didn't uh you guys seem to be a little annoyed with starro i i i was fine with sorrow as the main the main whatever again i i would yeah, argue maybe she, I, I, I would argue they weren't a villain i would argue they were just kind of like the last obstacle but uh but to me that made way more sense for like the suicide squad, suicide squad to be fighting than like again the putty monsters and the you know cara delavine <laughs> yeah, spinning right, around yeah. and spinning around a circle for you know, a good fifteen minutes like that, like this to me was way a way better use of that time in terms of them having to fight like a kind of a mass villain than uh, than what we saw in the last film, and it kind of you know it's different when they, you know shooting at you know rock monsters compared to you know shooting at real people who are you know under this spell of these star of this you know these starfish like that's um, a whole different kind of uh, levity to the situation. And then, of course, you know, you gotta shout out King Shark and just, uh, just <laughs> the just the the presence that they brought. Um, I saw people saying that uh, it needs to be a uh, uh, you know, some kind of like collaboration between Baby Groot and and Yoda and <laughs> King Shark, uh, <laughs> bringing kind of like the, you know, you have like the dark humor, and I know there was a lot of dark humor with with King Shark too, but then there was a lot of just just flat out humor, just that was just just generically just funny, you know, and I, I thought that uh, King Shark was able to bring that to the table as well. So overall, uh, really solid movie, a movie that I really want to see again. I'll probably watch at some point, maybe in the next weekend or so. And um, I'm, I'm, we'll see what happens with the sequel. You know, we talked at the top of the show about, you know, will that box office hurt the chance of a sequel? I think there's a chance that it will. But it is being well, very well regarded. So they may feel like it's worth a risk to give them another shot. Now that this is no longer a sequel to a movie that stinks, like everybody kept saying, this is a sequel to a movie that's now really well received. So we'll see what uh, DC and Warner Media do moving forward. But that's going to be do it for this edition of New Generation Hero Talks. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Of course, you can catch all of our podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn is where you'll find that. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. 
Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, uh, and Facebook, New Generation Media as well. Um, you can find us social, uh, individually on social media. You can find uh, Shamari, uh, MC Sham22 on Snapchat and Instagram. Kendo is uh, New Gen Ken on Twitter. And you can find me, EJ underscore Stewart, on Twitter, Acting EJ on Instagram. Thank you guys so much again for checking this out. Kendall, Shamari, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.